KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Friday, a football Friday at that, and a chilly one to boot. It's Miller and Condon as we take you up until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. A lot of football conversations, some MLB uh, in the first segment of the program. Looking back to last night and ahead to Game 1 of the NLCS tonight. A game, if you can't be in front of your television, you can hear, but not hear. You can hear it, but not hear. On 1040 WHO is where you'll have to tune your radio to tonight if you want to listen to the Redbirds and the Natties in a frigid environment bush stadium i just looked at the st louis forecast first pitch about mid 40s oh a mid-october baseball right trent condon i can't i can't wait for looking forward to this one tonight um look i think the nationals are better team but that doesn't matter right yes as we've seen throughout this one and now the series expand it goes from the five gamers up to seven more times than not you will get the better team here but I don't see much difference between the Cardinals no, and the Natties. No, I really don't either. I was being somewhat facetious yeah. because the Cardinals seemingly were never the better team, at least in my eyes, and yet here they are. Uh, they're a great story. It's a fun story. So is Washington, as mm-hmm. you've chronicled many times and brought up many times. Just the start that they had. I mean, Martinez was on his way out. He was, I mean, hour to hour as yes, far as when he was going to lose Were they 19 and 33? Or that? 31. 19 and 31. Like that, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you're, you're not far off. Two it months was a in. terrible start. Yeah. Two months in, and with that much talent, even with the loss of Bryce yeah. Harper, one bad series, one bad night, and he was going to be walking the plank. How does... How do the sports books, not just Vegas anymore, mm-hmm. how do the sports books have the four remaining teams as far as shortest odds to longest odds? So um, I looked at the division prices this morning, and I'll pull up the other ones here in a moment. But to win each division, I was surprised, I think, by both of them. Start the NLCS. What would you put that number at just to win the series? Win between I the think Cardinals Washington and the Nets. Washington has to be favored. And you'd be wrong. The Cardinals minus Because of the home game. Extra home game, potentially. I guess so. Now we'll go to the American League. Um, and I would think that the Astros would be favored. You'd be right there. What I was surprised by, though, was the price. And so it's bigger than one minus 120, apparently. Minus 180. That's crazy. You can Trent. get the Yankees plus 160 you to win to, this you, series. You have to take that. Well, I did. <laughs> of course you did. Of course. It just, at plus 160, that's a price that's seemingly impossible to say no to. With the way they bash, mm-hmm. with the bullpen that they have. Yes, there's a huge advantage for Houston over the Yankees as it pertains to starting pitching. But playoff baseball, the way it's played today, is so different. We're not talking about the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s and really even the early portions of this decade. What is it, seven years ago when the Royals first made that first run? 2014. Five years ago. And completely changed the way that people looked at how you build a bullpen. Now there it was, get a six. Right. And seven, eight, nine, we're done. Right. Game's over. Yep. Get a six. And there were some days, because they had a sixth inning guy, and his name escapes me, but yes. yes. But those three guys at the back end were so elite. Uh-huh. And the way they were pitching at that time, that's all we need. Get us to, through the sixth inning. If we're up, we win. People said, oh, that makes sense. And now it's gone. I mean, just completely ridiculous. And what the Yankees do, they did with Severino. Mm-hmm. Eh, 
you got three and a third. We're good. Yeah, that's all they need. That's all we need. We're this, fine. Uh, it's, it does feel like the American League is the main event. It yes, really does. Yeah. I mean, these, these two heavy heads, uh, the Astros and the Yankees, I mean, they, they're, they're the right two teams. And that's not fair to say that that's not the case in the National League because the Natties, uh, the Natties knocked off the Dodgers and won a, a huge amount of games. And likewise, the Cardinals uh, dispatched a really good uh, NL East division winner in their own right in the Bravos. So uh, we're down to four uh, precious few weeks of baseball left, and I'm going to enjoy each and every one of them. I think the five, the, the as long as it can go, or as late rather as it can go, I believe it's October 30th is if there would be a game seven, that's when we would get it. I think I checked before the playoffs started and that um, seems to register with me. Anyways, uh, NFL last night, I watched quite a bit of it and what I saw, Trent, was and I mean, Tom Brady finished really well his numbers, mm-hmm. but when I saw the Tom Brady in the first particularly the first quarter and into the, you know, maybe the first or second drive of the Patriots uh, into the second quarter, I saw an old man under center for the first time. And I wonder, I mean, this is a 42-year-old guy that just played last Sunday. And I'm wondering, you know, look, it's human nature for everybody but him that it takes you longer to recover the longer you get in the tooth, right? Mm -hmm. And Brady's that way. I just wonder if it took him a little bit longer to, you know, get over the... You know, the aches, the pains of last week until his body warmed up on a cold night in Foxborough. And then he looked like Tom Brady again in the second half. But the first half was, I don't know about alarming. That's That's probably a little too... Well, if it was this game alone, it certainly wouldn't be. But I mentioned to you the Buffalo game from a couple weeks ago. And, of course, the Patriots won the game. But The defense won the game. There were a few throws, and I watched a lot of that game. And you said you didn't see a ton of it in comparison to me where it... He looked old. Uh-huh. And the pressure that Buffalo has, one of the best defenses, mm-hmm. I get all that. It was on the road, but there were throws that he's just chucking it in the ground. He was just not even giving his receivers a chance. And these are things that we haven't seen with Brady. When it goes bad, it goes bad in a hurry. You know it incredibly well with Peyton Manning. Yeah. <laughs> when it went bad, it went bad, and it was fast. It was a snap of a finger. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, whoa, this mm-hmm. is the same guy we saw a year ago? No, you're 100% right. And he did it. Certainly not with arm strength. It was smarts. Between the years. And a great defense to go along with it. Right. And the Patriots gig, don't forget, the Brock yes. Osweiler of all things. The Patriots have just that. They have the exact same recipe that that Denver team did in Peyton Manning's final Super Bowl. But I do have to wonder if this is going to be the end. If this is it. Because this guy, this is not sounding the alarm that we've done Many times in the past right. with Tom Brady, it just, this feels different. You, there, there's you, there's things that you see with your own two eyes mm-hmm. that make you that lead you to believe that you know maybe Father Time is going to eventually catch up with them. Uh, we we shall see. Uh, but they look at they won, they covered. Yes, <laughs> they it was a big number, and they keep they keep covering big numbers. Of this team, like, it's a product of a their schedule, b the division they play. And although I'm with you, I think Buffalo uh, is a little bit better. All right, let's get into the Hawks and the Clones. As both of them uh, take the field uh, tomorrow, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Iowa State will uh, be in Morgantown. And then later on, uh, early evening, uh, at Kinnick Stadium, Penn State will pay a visit. And and the, the, the big unknown to me, and I continue to be there, look, I've been impressed with Penn State. Yeah. But it's not exactly like they're playing la creme de la creme, right, of college football. They haven't played anybody with the exception of Pitt. And that's Do we not, know how good Pitt is? I, I was going to say, that that's a faint pulse. Rivalry game. Rivalry game, too. Fair point. So that's at yep, least that a portion elevates things. of it. Yep. 
of the conversation. But overall, I am right there with you. I just don't know. And it, it, you hate to be in our chairs and just say, well, I don't know. Because mm-hmm. you want to form, you want to have an opinion. You want to throw something out there. Well, I know the quarterback is better than I thought that they was going to be. The running back is by committee for the most part, but they, um, they they're really good defense. That that was the given going into it. We knew that mm-hmm. they are stout on defense, and they got a good defensive front. They get after the quarterback. Linebackers are good. They can cover you. They've got a good local story kicker wise. Yeah. If it comes to that, Pinnaker's gonna in all likelihood. He's been really good so far this year. He's their short guy. By the way, well, but he's, he's and really after you accurate. watched him bombing field goals at Ankeny Centennial, yeah, and just pounding fifty-five is, yards, know, is no that, problem. Uh, Ankeny, that Pizzetti's kicker, Romay, kicker coach Peter Romay, is he still there? I'm not sure. That's a good question. Because he he had so. Schlicker and he had Seavers mm-hmm. and he had oh, there's one there's, more I'm missing. There's a bunch of them. Yeah, um, kid went to K State. Oh, I can't think of his name, but yeah. A long line, and even when they didn't have Division One guys, they had good. Yeah, they, they had, had good right. kickers every single time, and guys that I'm sure went on to the mm-hmm. Iowa conference and things like that, right. and kicked at a level up there. So it's it's so crazy that you see. I mean, Pinnaker had a bomb of a leg, and not only that, he was a great football player. Was I mean, he? He played. He yeah, played defense. Playing, yeah. He was an athlete all over the mm-hmm. field. He got hurt. He got banged up, and and that's why. I think he decided that last year, I'm just going to concentrate on kicking. And, of course, a Penn State scholarship did he is going have, to do that. Did he have local offers? He did. He did. But I think he was... I mean, is there, there's, is there ties to Penn State I in don't the believe so. I think it was something where he wanted to spread his wings. Yeah, good for him. And went to one of those kicking camps. Him. And yep. Penn State liked him. They were in the market that season needing mm-hmm. a kicker. And there he is. But a guy like that with that leg, in college football even. He's the short kicker. Yeah, right. He's not the long guy. They have another guy that bombs the 55-yarders. Yeah, but he's pretty good when he gets his opportunity, yes. really accurate, and has, is off to a good start in his career. Well, uh, so I guess I don't know what to make. I, I, I'm convinced I was, I was offensive line is going to be better this mm-hmm. week than they were last week, and they clearly need to be. Uh, I don't know what the running back rotation is going to be. I hope Goodson is the bell cow because mm-hmm. uh, I think he's earned that. I think the fan base wants it. It's not what the fan base wants, necessarily what they're going to get, but I think that... Um, you know, we'll see how that plays out. Peter Romney is the... Peter uh, Romney, yeah. Romney is, Romney is how you say it. He is uh, in his first year coaching at the high school level yeah. at a different school. Where take, is it? Take a guess. Uh, the Hawks? Dowling Catholic. Is he? Yeah. Mark Amadeo uh, <laughs> checking us in. Is he? And uh, thank you, Mark, for that little nugget there. But yeah, with the Maroons now. Interesting. Yes. The rich get richer. <laughs> Well, that was maybe one of the only things that they lacked a little bit is, is a guy that and well, he sent a bunch of guys to uh, Division One. Let's mm-hmm. be, let's be honest, and he was uh, extremely well thought of um, in Ankeny. Seavers I mean, raved about him. Kicked at the U. Kicked at the U. How about that? When the U was the U. When they won a national championship. Yes. At the U. How about that for a kid from Ankeny? Now there's one at Penn State, and we hope he has a good weekend this week, but not necessarily that his team comes out on top. How about Iowa State? We've this West Virginia team, I think, impressed both of us last week. Well, they were, yeah. And they then, hung around. But was Texas looking ahead to Oklahoma? That's fair. Absolutely fair, yeah. that That's something that at least has to be part of the equation. And I think Herman had a bunch of his guys on the precipice of coming back and didn't want to play, aired on the side of caution. Was it six of their defensive backs? There was a bunch, yeah. That were out there was before a bunch, that game? Right. Six guys that normally yep. would have played yep. that that didn't play because of that and still were able to get away with it. Well, look, let's not. Here's the thing about Texas. They're going to have some depth. <laughs> so it's <laughs> not should. like they were struggling to find somebody to come in uh, behind them. Um, 
who else they're they're getting? Oh, Colin Johnson's coming back this week too. One of their receivers, and he's been out since he got hurt in the LSU game, uh, and he's a really good player. He's a, uh, I believe he's a senior. So they they get some guys back. Trent, I went back and forth on this line. I've been really impressed by Oklahoma, but again, it's kind of that Penn State situation with Oklahoma. You know, who's, who's Penn State beat? Well, okay, who's Oklahoma beat? Mm-hmm. It's not like they've played murderer's role by any means. This will be a good test for them. I wanted to pick Oklahoma and in convincing fashion, and I think I said as much back uh, as recently as Monday. But I've kind of tapped the brakes a little bit just because Texas is getting some of their guys back, the historical trends on this line, and I'm not one normally to buy into historical trends because it's not the same teams. Mm-hmm. But when you see a Texas, you know, you mentioned Pitt, Penn State rivalry. Yeah. Here we go again with a real rivalry in in uh, uh, in Texas and Oklahoma. So I, I'm going to stay away from the game as far as you know using it in our picks. I thought Oklahoma would blow them out, but I'm not sure that they're going to anymore. I, I bet on Texas really from the get go of this one, and I like Texas coming in a little harbinger of things to come coming up here at about 11:50 or so. That is going to be a piece, certainly, of my So you're picks. taking Texas and you're taking the points. I'm grabbing those points. Yep. It is the historical trend that is there. And I just think Texas is pretty good. Better than I... I thought Texas was not going to be national championship You thought Iowa State game. would pick them off. I did. And I still believe that. Mm-hmm. But this game... I still don't know what to read. So you like Oklahoma, but you'll take the points because you don't think it's going to be by what is it? Eleven. Eleven. Yes, a big number. Ten and a half starting to pop. So is it? Get on that now if you're with me on that one. Should be a great game though. It, it just there's something about that matchup and, and the divide of the way they make the cotton. Yeah, that's awesome. Burn orange on one yeah, side, the really, crimson it's, it's on good. the other. Yep. It looks great. It is, and you want that thing at Jerry World. I just well, I yeah. mean. I get why they have it there. I get the whole state fair. Look, it's never going to move, and not know. with the money they've invested right. back in the cotton. Right, yeah. precisely. I'll be. I've never been. I, I, I've never been. I've, I've no idea where it is in that part of. Not that I've spent a ton of time in Dallas over the years, but I've been there a number. Of, I have no idea where it is. State fairgrounds. Yeah, but I have no idea where that is. Oh, I've been okay. to Jerry World, and it's a palace, man. It's just a. It's a palace. Um, it's got to be the amenities way more. I don't know, but there's some about historic. I, I mm-hmm. get that. I get that aspect of it. And the other thing with that game, Trent, is there's really nothing else. Um, early, it, it, early. Rutgers at Indiana. Here's one for you. When was the last time? And I already know the answer to this question. It's kind of rhetorical. Okay. I don't know the answer. It's, I didn't look it up, but I know the answer before I asked. When was the last time Indiana was favored by four touchdowns in the Big Ten? That has to be never, right? I saw an article just about this topic because there is a big better duffel bag guy, as he is known out there, a guy that comes in with oh, the loads guy of that money. goes to Vegas with yes, I, and he's usually betting baseball though. He he does, but he also he has been betting the last two years big, mostly Big Ten games, and usually big favorites. He's been on Michigan a few times, Ohio State a few times. So what if it's the same big better? Is it is it the same guy? I think it might be a different guy than the one you're, the baseball guy you're thinking of. And Darren Ravel had the piece over at the Action Network talking about him. Do you have to subscribe to that, by the way? I thought one for time a lot of the articles. Yeah, yes. I thought so. Yep, but there are some free ones. Are there? Ravel's, yep. Ravel's usually are. So yep. that was one of the free ones that I jumped in on. You can find my picks, in fact, over there. What? Yeah, you can put your picks in. No, hang on. A then second. it keeps track. You, Anybody? Oh, can do I thought it. you were part. I thought no. you were a <laughs> handicapper. No. Because didn't no. you have some scam going last year? It wasn't a scam. 
I just weren't you selling out. your picks last year? I was ninety nine cents or something like that. Well, you made money, uh, not much. How many? How many guys bought your picks? Any idea? I, they they never Five told us how many we, we did. Gave they send you a check or did they, this? He doesn't need this. Well, it, it dissipated very quickly. Got through basketball season, and I think it turned into a. Uh, the gamers, you know, the playing video games on TV, and uh, turned into that kind of website instead. Okay, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, it, it was, I'm like, oh, okay. Guess All right, so back away. to Indiana in the article. They uh, said that only once before has Indiana been close to this as a favorite. So they have been a four-touchdown favorite? It was like 24, and it was like 1993. In the Big Ten? In the Big Ten, yeah. I find that hard to believe. Awful I mean, North- I'm not saying that Rovell is wrong. I yeah. just wouldn't have thought that that was the case. But it doesn't happen very often. It's more fading oh, Rutgers, right? Honestly, Trent, when I saw the number and as, as I was uh, doing our stuff in, in advance of our picks for today, trying because I'm trying to catch you and you're starting to pull away, um, coming off another 5-0 and last yeah. week. Um, I was going to take Rutgers in the points. And then I looked at Rutgers body of work so far this year and the quarterback quit and the best offensive player what's the name Blackshear mm-hmm. he quit yeah Sikowski's quit. done yeah Sikowski Art Sikowski um, not quit they decided you know what I've played four games I'm going to come back for another year I, I wanted to take him I mean Indiana winning by 28 come on that's not going to happen is it but I then I looked at it's Rutgers and Rutgers body work they just don't score final in 42-7 I, I wouldn't be surprised no not but at I, all but I can't lay the points either I mean, I can't give up 28 and take the Hoosiers. Maryland, Purdue. Eh, Can Purdue bad. get off the mat or is it just over? It's over. Yeah. It, it, yeah, they're decimated by injuries. They have been. Yeah, and I thought Braum was going to have a nice team there this year. Thought they were going to be decent. I did. I thought, you know, I didn't. There was a lot of folks that thought, you know, best case scenario, <laughs> they could be in the Big Ten West conversation. We we never went there. No, not quite. Um, no. You know, it it would have had to be, I always thought, a three-way tie at six and three, and they're one of the six yeah. and threes. That was, I think, the top but level even for them. Still, leave that was that seemed like yes. a, a long shot at the time. But I thought they would pick off some teams, and maybe they may, may, may well do before it comes to an end. Um, but without Sindelar and without Rondell Moore, and he's probably out until November at best. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, he's such a darn weapon. Um, yeah, it's it's not. It's not, I mean, they, Illinois might outfinish them. Illinois might outfinish them in the West. They might. Yeah. I, I think that's fair at this point. We'll see the Illini also early against Michigan. Michigan be able to score against the Illini? <sighs> that game's early tomorrow morning? It is. I'm not going to watch. No. I don't think. You're I'm just going to be locked glued. on Fox? Yeah, glued. I'm going to probably get over there in time to watch the Fox pregame. I love Urban Meyer. <laughs> Urban Meyer's terrific. You know my affinity for Gruden when he was not on the sidelines? Yeah, but, yeah. Whether he's in the booth or... I think I might like Urban Meyer better. Urban Meyer educates you, man. You think you know football, and, and I think I know enough to get by, but then I listen to Urban Meyer, and, and he breaks down plays. For, wow, I never thought of that aspect. I mean, you can learn so much from these guys, and he's so damn good. But he's Urban Meyer. But he's Urban Meyer. And he's I thought still you were going to play puke. something. Are you still, you're, so you're still not on board? No. no you really not. I enjoy them. But it just him as a person. So if it was somebody, if, if oh, it yeah, was yeah, if yeah. it was the, his knowledge coming out of some of Joe Blow's mouth, yes, you'd be all in. I'd be talking you, about Joe Blow. Really? You just he's just a, he's just a, a carpetbagger, Trent. Yeah. He is. I mean, he runs. I hope he's done coaching. I hope he's done coaching because I'm entertained and educated. Um, I'm I'm ready for that December fifteenth press conference in where, Southern Cal, where he's going to take. Do you think he's going to take over USC? Well, if USC keeps winning, 
Do you think him a chance against Notre Dame this week? No. That's also primetime tomorrow night. I love Notre Dame in that one. What's the number? 11. Boy, there's a lot of 11s out there this week. Um, Interesting. All right, let's do this. Time to put $1,000 in somebody's pocket or in somebody's bull bankroll. Uh, We've already had a local winner on one of the Des Moines iHeart stations. Let's see if we can grab another. We're asking you now to text the keyword. What time is it? 10 o'clock. Yoga. Yoga. To 200-200 right now. 200-200. Text the keyword yoga. Somebody nationally is going to win $1,000. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right. We will come back. We're going to talk to Tom Cakert next. I want to talk basketball with him as much. No, it's not that as much. But you said yesterday late in the show, and you know Mark Morehouse doesn't cover Iowa basketball. Right. So we had Mark yesterday, and really, what, what was Mark going to? Because he wasn't at the uh, Iowa media day. But you mentioned we're burying the lead here, and you're 100 percent right. Jordan Bohannon has a decision to make. I didn't. I thought it was a foregone conclusion. I thought it was 90-10 that he was going to redshirt this year. Yeah. Now I think he's gonna. Well, I, he, I wonder what the magic date is in his mind mm-hmm. because we're hearing that, you know, he's got a date that if he feels good, if he's ready to go by X, he's gonna play this year. Give it a shot. Is it Las Vegas over Thanksgiving? Is it Cyhawk the final the uh, second Thursday of December? Wonder what that is. Well, and does another piece of it go? Say he feels like he's ready for the Iowa State game. But they lost the two games in Vegas, and they got blown out by Syracuse. And, they, and they're 0-2 in the Big Ten. And all of a sudden, you know what? Maybe it just makes sense to redshirt, come back, and <laughs> have a better team for 2020-21. Mm. That's got to play into it, too, I think. Selfishly, I want him to play because I want Iowa to be... He, he gives him a chance, Yes, Trent. He gives yep. him a chance. We were all pumped up, and rightly so, when Bolton is instantly eligible, gained his immediate eligibility at Iowa State because he's a difference maker. I think on Iowa State's team, he was one of the missing pieces. They found that now. We know Bohan what he can do and what he may be, where he may be able to take this Hawk team. We'll take a timeout. Come back. Tom Cakert, HawkeyeReport.com. We'll start with basketball. We'll get into Penn State. Dylan Montz is here. Did I go over the BMW of Des Moines guest list? I do not believe I did. It's a packed up one here today. Well, it's a Friday. They seemingly always are. Let's get into the BMW of Des Moines guest list. As you know, Tom Cakert is coming up next. Uh, following Tom in here will be Dylan Montz from the Ames Tribune as he makes his way to Pittsburgh and then on into Morgantown. Nick Athens going to join us right at 11 to preview the Chiefs and the Houston Texans. Great game. It is a good game. Uh, Purple Buckeye, speaking of great games, up uh, to the north of us. Um, boy, oh boy. Philadelphia and Minnesota. We will uh, talk to Ted Glover on that. Bama Bob Trent and I will go around college football in a national perspective. It's Friday. That means we've got Claxons to give away and some picks before we get out of here at noon. Kurt next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Hugs. Streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio, this is 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Dylan Mott's in about 15 minutes on Iowa State, West Virginia. Right now, Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. It's a Friday. That means Tom Caker joins the program. We're grateful for him doing that. Good talk some football. We're going to start with some basketball, Tom Caker. How are you? 
Doing terrific. How are you guys? Good. Well, it feels like basketball weather in some ways out there today. Big dose of football as well. But, you know, Iowa had their media day this, uh, what, Wednesday, I believe, was the day of media day. And um, I, my biggest takeaway, Tom, and, and try and tell me I'm wrong if you can, because I think Bohannon is bound and determined to play this year. And, you know, as, as most felt, I think probably everybody felt that there's – a pretty good chance you're not going to see him until 2020-21 season. I think he's going to try, Tom. How about you? Yeah, I I think he's going to make the effort to do it until his until and if his body says no. And you know, I I but I think he just he wants to play. And I, it you know it's that competitive nature. If you're around athletes at a high level, that they're just so ultra competitive and. In May, when he said, I'm probably just going to sit out, he's beaten up, he's post-surgery, he's, you know, mm-hmm. just doesn't see a, a, a road there, and um, probably a little sick of basketball at that point, and uh, needed a break. And then as we get closer and closer to the start of a season, that competitiveness just comes out, and uh, I I think he's, uh, he, he's uh, really going to give it a shot. Unless, you know, he's still got to get out and do – basketball things uh, in terms of getting out on a court and playing five on five. He's doing individual stuff right now. So until he does that and feels okay, I think there's always, there's still going to be a question mark. Two scenarios here, one with Bohannon, one without. How good could the team be with him? At the very least, are they a bubblish type of team? He comes back healthy and it's the Bohannon that we've seen. And without him, how ugly could this thing get? Uh, good questions. I, I think uh, with him, they've probably you know are a, uh, at least a bubble team. Uh, if, if you get the the normal usual Jordan Bohannon that that we've known. Now I do think they'll probably play him off the ball more mm-hmm. uh, than they have in the past, and he's not going to be bringing the ball up or playing a, a whole lot of point guard. I think you want to kind of take some of that uh, the abuse off of him a little mm-hmm. bit. Now, if he doesn't play, uh, it's a big question mark. It just is. I just, I, I don't see a, you know, maybe they'll surprise us, but I don't see a, a good path, especially with this schedule. I think one of the questions I would have loved to have had a few minutes with Fran to ask him is, uh, do you have any regret <laughs> scheduling the way you did uh, this year? Because I think you kind of scheduled, the, you know, a year in advance thinking, well, I'm going to have all these pieces back. I'm going to have, you know, maybe a Tyler Cook back or something like that, and Bohannon healthy, and that that team would uh, be able to, you know, withstand the schedule. And now, uh, you know, a relatively young team, I think a team that's certainly got to develop some depth um, and some unproven guys. Now they're going to have have to handle a schedule that is really daunting. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, they picked the wrong year to have this schedule. But it's going to be fun. It's 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 time, Trent. Or Trent, it's, Tom, it's time that uh, you know they played this uh, uh, this competitive of uh, November, December. Um, maybe not going to have the team to produce the results. We'll see. Jack Nungy's another guy, Tom. I mean, it's so rare, right? When a kid gets a taste of competition uh, in college and then decides the very next year that I'm going to just skip this next year and, and take the year off, build my body, come back, use my red shirt. It's just never 
done that way, seemingly, if it's not injury-related. And by all accounts, he's used his time very well. I'm looking forward to seeing maybe a... Um, a different Jack. Not that he was bad. I mean, there there were times as, as you go back to his. I thought that uh, of the of the incoming freshman, his ceiling uh, was actually higher than Luca Garza's. Uh, Nunji's had his moments. I'm anxious to see the, those moments this year, Tom. Yeah, I am too. He's just a really intriguing kid because I, I swear, I, I, if you measured him, he'd be at least seven foot tall now. I, <laughs> I really do. I, I think he's just. I think he might have hit a growth spurt or something. I don't know. Uh, but he's, and he's filled out. Um, I don't know that you can take some of the mechanical nature out of him because I think that's just who he is athletically, but I think he's gotten better athletically and, um, and the strength is going to help him, uh, dealing with things. I think that's where he really struggled as a true freshman is just kind of handling the, uh, the, the bodies and everything coming at him. Uh, but I, I just, you know, I think he's got a chance to be a really good player uh, for Iowa, uh, you know, starting this year. And wouldn't surprise me, especially given the way um, the way things have gone with Cordell just now, you know, right. now with him being gone for a while. I, I really do expect Nungy's going to be in the starting lineup to begin the yeah. year. Tom, just a, a small football game happening at Kinnick Stadium this weekend. Top 10 Penn State coming to town. It's a night game, Stripe Stadium, alternate uniforms. Certainly feel like a, a lot of things in the lane for Iowa. But it's Penn State, and Ken and I have talked all week. Really difficult to get a read on this Penn State team because of who they've played. What can you tell us about the Nittany Lions? Yeah, they are, um, you know, everybody kind of got taken aback by the, you know, scoring 79, but it was Idaho, for gosh <laughs> sakes. Let's not forget yep. that. Uh, and that Buffalo game, I mean, at halftime, weren't they trailing in that game? Or it was, you know, a They were in a fight. Game. Yep. Yeah, they were in a fight until maybe middle of the third quarter, and then they kind of pulled away, and that Buffalo team's bad. Um, Pitt has proven maybe to be better than we thought. Mm-hmm. Um, in a bad you know, conference, but yep. Yeah. Yeah, I you know I think, but is that a great pit team? I don't think yeah, so. I'm with you. you know, it's uh, it's it's not a super team. It's a good team, um, and and you know the demolition of Maryland and Maryland's just a fraud that they're going to pound bad teams and lose to anybody with a heartbeat, uh, and and they beat up a Purdue team that is literally beat up without their starting quarterback, without Rondell Moore without much of an offensive line. Uh, I'm interested Clifford making his first real legit road start because mm-hmm. that, that was not a hostile crowd in College Park. And no. I, I'm really curious to see uh, how, how he handles that situation. I think for Iowa, they just, I think they'll come out and um, the offensive line will fix things up. They're mm-hmm. not going to let guys run free like they did last week to get to Stanley and um, the big X factor to me is uh, uh, the Hamler kid is just he's so good. really good, and, and he's the kind of guy that can make a difference yep. in what I think is going to be a low-scoring game. So they've got to prevent uh, the big plays, and they've had three of them go against them this year defensively. And if they can prevent those, I, I think I was going to win. Yeah, and you identified the right guy, Tom uh, Hamler. Is a uh, he's a game breaker, is what he is, and uh, hopefully they'll keep him in check. What about Hankins? Will he be tasked with maybe helping keep Hamler in check? Is he going to play, Tom? I, you know, we don't know yet. Uh, they're still testing him out. I think it's going to be 
uh, one of those. Uh, they're probably practicing him today to see how he feels. Is what what I was would have heard is uh, you know. But I think I think he wants to play. I think he, if I had to bet, I bet he's out there. Um, just you know, he's he wants to get back out there. Uh, I know that. So that's my guess is that they're going to have him out there uh, going up against uh, um, you know Penn State, and then that gives gives them some more options with maybe the cash and some other things because Penn State just doesn't really run the ball very well this year. They just nope. don't. Uh, there's Saquon Barkley and uh, Miles Sanders, Sanders aren't yeah. walking through the door. <laughs> they're not. Yeah. And, uh, and Clifford likes to run. Yeah. Uh, so maybe, you know, use that extra defensive back to kind of keep him in check. So, final prediction for the game. I know you have it up at HawkeyeReport.com, and you'll be within state borders. What's your favorite bet of the college football weekend? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe the under in the Iowa Penn State. <laughs> That's not bad. <laughs> I, I, you know, I know the total's low already, but uh, it, you know, when two teams are both giving up less than ten points, the odds of a, a shootout happening at Kinnick, especially if it's windy, not very high. So. Um, <laughs> You know, I I might play the uh, the under and uh, and probably take those points too. Uh, you know, it's hard to go against Iowa at night at Kinnick striping mm-hmm. the whole alternate uniform. Last time Iowa wore the wore alternate uniforms, we know what happened against Ohio State. Mm, that was a blowout. Yeah, you know, it's a good point, Tom. Something I hadn't thought of. Clifford, his real first. Uh, yeah, Maryland on a Friday night was one thing. Kinnick Stadium on a Saturday night is a whole different animal. Excellent point. Tom Caker, thank you, Tom. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. Okay, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, good to talk to you. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. Uh, if you want to win Hawkeye tickets to see Purdue next week, go to KXNO.com. Click the contest tab. All we're asking you to do is total points in tomorrow's Penn State-Iowa game. If you're closest without going over, we've got two tickets. We'll email them to you. You don't have to come down to the station to pick it up. The winner will have them in their email inbox on Monday. KXNO.com, contest tab. As we continue, Dylan Montz joins the program next. It's 1460. Woo-hoo! Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Welcome back. Final segment of the 10 o'clock hour here coming up in the 11. We'll take a quick look at the NFL. Uh, Bama Bob, Trent and I will go around college football, give you an opportunity to win some klaxons before we give you our picks. Trent coming off a 5-0 and week. Do you fade them this week or do you jump on when you're hot, you're hot? Dylan Mods jumping on an airplane, heading to Morgantown uh, to cover West Virginia, Iowa State. Uh, from the Ames Trib, AmesTrib.com, Dylan joins us. Hello, Dylan Mods. How are you? I'm good, guys. How are you? Doing well. You know, I, I'm anxious to see this football game. This is one of them when the schedule first came out. Yeah, it's a difficult place to play. It's a difficult place to get to. But, you know, if Iowa State was going to have this, uh, the season that many predicted they would, this would be one that has to go in the win column. I watched West Virginia, Texas last week. I was kind of impressed with where Neil Brown has this team. When you take a look at West Virginia, maybe not as uh, much of a sure thing as many thought it was going to be prior to seeing West Virginia actually out on the field. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to see how the Big 12 has fluctuated a little bit um, from what maybe preseason expectations were for teams to, you know, even Kansas. You talk about the, the way they started getting a win against Indiana State, losing to Coastal Carolina, going back and beating Boston College on the road, and then the, the tough times they've hit in the Big 12. It's just, you know, teams have kind of been all over the place. And West Virginia is like that, too. You never really know what to expect when a new coach comes in, but. They've gotten a solid win, um, you know, against North Carolina State, a Power Five opponent. 
they beat Kansas and then um, they hung with Texas for a little bit before it ended up um, you know falling by the wayside. But yeah, it, it's certainly uh, a tough out. Um, and then Morgantown is kind of a um, you know interesting place to play. It can be tough. Um, so Iowa State's gonna have to come out and play well. But this is a game. I think we've probably talked about it in the past that if you're gonna kind of go reach your full potential of the season, this is one you probably got to have in the win column. And another road trip looming on the backside here. And probably the most uh, difficult two-game swing that you can have all the way out to West Virginia, back home, and then all the way down to Lubbock and West Texas. Uh, Going to be certainly difficult even if the opponents aren't of the ilk of an Oklahoma or a Texas. Let's take a look at West Virginia and what you've seen out of them. Neil Brown, as Ken mentioned, has done a nice job here, I think, in the first season. But it's a team that has struggled to run the football. They sure have. Austin Kendall is okay at the very least, kid that came in from Oklahoma, seven interceptions already this year. Certainly doesn't feel like this is, if this gets into a shootout, it almost doesn't feel like West Virginia can keep up. Yeah, the Austin Kendall piece of it is really interesting. Four of those interceptions came last week in Texas, so I think um, at the very least that can be kind of a blueprint on how to make them make them uncomfortable, uh, make them one-dimensional. And I guess that's with almost any team, if you can kind of force them to do one thing, if you can have a strong pass rush, if you can get him out of the pocket um, and really force him to, to kind of go downfield and make quick decisions, then it puts you in a really good spot. But, um, you know, even though Iowa State has, has kind of struggled itself to run the ball, um, there are there have been flashes at times, and, and Brock Purdy being able to run as well as he has does kind of open things up. So, uh, yeah, I, in West Virginia, you know, they had a lot of offseason transfers and defections and and sorts of things. So they're kind of really trying to rebuild maybe what they have. And, um, you know, if, like I said, if you can make them uncomfortable and then you can kind of establish some sort of rhythm and on your offensive side of the ball and, and be able to run a little bit, um, it, it sets you up pretty well. Dylan Mons from the Ames Tribune. Dylan, I, I read your piece, uh, I think it was yesterday. Uh, no, you know, it was going back. It was back on Wednesday. Uh, regarding the um, Iowa State, they're catching the football. And you know what? I as, I as I think back, I don't remember a lot of, you know, bad drops so far this year. And the stats bear that out. They're holding onto the ball and they're helping out their quarterback. Watch us, you know, have four or five and we turn on the West Virginia game after you pen that piece. But uh, so far, the receivers are helping their QB out. Yeah, I almost, um, you know, when I was asking Matt Campbell about it this week, I was like, oh, not to jinx you guys, but he has done pretty well catching mm-hmm. the football. But and I think uh, pro football focus even counts um, that that ball, that high ball that Purdy threw to Kohler in the end zone against the Iowa game where it kind of sailed over him a little bit, might have scraped his fingertips. I think they even count that as a drop. So mm-hmm. really, if the ball is there and it's in open space, Iowa State's done pretty well. And Deshante Jones is a big piece of that. But I think... Um, last I looked, Iowa State's uh, 16th nationally among FBS, FBS teams and fewest drops this season. They have six is, is what it's counted at. So uh, that, that's really big, especially when the running game has kind of struggled with consistency. Um, Brock Purdy has to be able to trust those guys to go out and make a play for him, and for the most part um, they've been able to do that. So it's a com- combination of him um, finding guys that are open and in the right spots, but it's also the receivers kind of uh, getting credit for that too and in um, making a play when the ball's there. When you look at West Virginia and the road trip out there, uh, playing at Pusker Stadium, not huge, but decent size, what, 60,000 right shy of that is uh, what the attendance is for there. Getting out there can be a little bit difficult. Of course, they'll charter their way out there 
for the players and the coaches to make their way. But the environment as a whole, you've seen some some highly ranked West Virginia teams. You've seen some ones not quite as good in your road trips out there. Just the environment as a whole. Yeah, it's pretty rowdy. Um, hmm. yeah, I, the last time I was there, I remember walking down to the field toward the end of the game. Just you know, the amount of beer cans and peanuts and and everything. You, you almost it almost is like you're in a tailgating lot a little bit um, from the smell of it and just the you know the whole atmosphere of it. But it it, it is tough. Uh, the, it, the stadium is actually um, was designed by the same architect that um, built Jack Trice, so it's it has that similar kind of feel um, on the sidelines and everything. But um, yeah, it, it doesn't really matter if they they been unsuccessful in a season or if they are um, you know top 10 team it seems like those people turn out and the, the tailgating is all kind of around there um, and weaved in and, and throughout uh, some of the different lots so it's just it, it's a unique place uh, certainly in the big 12 because of the geographical differences that that it has being um, you know so far east I know that uh, earlier in the week, Coach Campbell um, said that Eisworth is probable for the game. Uh, he's clearly got that shoulder issue. He's going to try and play through it. Azuna would come in if he can't go. Uh, need to, Azuna needs to pick it up, uh, not only this week, but going forward, if indeed Eisworth is you know, going to be at least for a while and not uh, quite 100%. What do you think Eisworth's chances are of playing? Is there a chance he doesn't play on Saturday? Yeah, I have a... I am leaning toward him playing, but there's definitely an issue, obviously, like we've talked about the last couple of weeks. You know, uh, John Haycock, uh, the defensive coordinator, was talking on Wednesday about, um, you know, just kind of what he's been working through to kind of uh, get back to healthy. But at some point, um, you know, it's hard to do that because you're kind of going week after week. Um, you know, the bye week maybe will buy a little bit of time, but, um, you know, it's really kind of tough to gain much traction in the season. So, yeah, Arnold Azuna is going to be really key. Braxton Lewis will be in there. Um, Deontay Jones came in and played a lot um, late on against TCU. So it'll have to be kind of by committee, but it's hard to really replicate what Greg Eisworth does back there because he, he, you know, he does a little bit of everything. He can play in coverage. He can go up and run stop and um, just really physical. So, yeah, they're going to need him, but... It's uh, you know it's going to be kind of a thing where the depth is going to have to be trusted too because even if he does play, um, you know it's it's hard to imagine him taking uh, sixty snaps back there just given the physicality of the position. The offensive line feels like it's coming together. Uh, played at a high level last week, Kniffle and Meeker. I know Pro Football Focus had them listed as one of the top offensive linemen in the country last week. Colin Newell is working his way back, coming off that sprained knee. Even if he's ready to go there, how much in and out, how much mixing and matching with the healthy Newell would you anticipate? Yeah, I, it's hard to envision them rocking the boat in terms of the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. I think the, the lineup that we've seen the last several weeks is going to be the group that they're rolling with unless um, you know they were, they were to su- suffer some sort of other injury or, um, or, or it really takes a nosedive for some reason. So I think he'll be rotated in. Um, you know, they, he was close last week. Matt Campbell said he could have could have played potentially. He was suited up for the first time, but just warm ups still a little bit tentative, maybe on what he could give him. So I think uh, it sounds like he would play uh, this week. I think it'll be in rotation at at either one of the guard spots. Um, so I, I think it's just kind of uh, you know getting him back in and, and getting into some sort of rhythm because he hasn't played um, you know much a guard at all 
at the college level. So it'll be interesting to kind of see not only how that line continues to progress, but how they kind of walk tightrope a little bit of integrating a guy who started 13 games or 12 games last year uh, back into the into the rotation. Uh, Dylan Mont's Ames Tribune. Dylan, a couple more we get you out of here. AmesTrib.com is where you can read Dylan. Uh, Gene Nwangu did not carry the football last week. I know he was in and played some special teams. Uh, returned a couple, a uh, couple three kicks maybe, uh, but uh, played there, but did not carry the football. Do you expect him to get some carries this week? Are they a little bit gun shy knowing that, uh, you know, he's had a variety of injuries so far? Will he get a carry this week? I think he'll get a carry, but I, I do think they are gun shy with him. He's, he's obviously had a history with injuries. Um, you know, the shoulder is, is, you know, a tough spot for a running back to be in too. If he's, um, you know, you want it to, you want him to be, uh, have ball security and, and all sorts of those things. But, uh, you know, Johnny Lang started to come on a little bit in the fourth quarter. So I think he gets the first crack at it, but it sounds like they're really going to keep rotating guys in, Kanata Wongu among them. Um, you know, the two freshman running backs, it'll be interesting to see what their usage is as they kind of climb toward the, the tipping point of redshirting versus not redshirting. Mm-hmm. But I think um, I, I would expect Nawango to get a carry, but, um, you know, I think it's kind of, uh, you know, a weekly work in progress and, you know, maybe even um, game day decision kind of how they use him because of, of their gun shyness of um, kind of his injury history and, and you know, how much. Uh, he can take from the hitting and those sorts of things. And last thing, Dylan, uh, the receiving the box score last week was just, you, you just never see this, right? They caught 19 passes, Iowa State did, 10 of them by Deshante Jones, and then nine other guys had one catch. Uh, who'll be, who'll finish second this week behind Deshante Jones? Who I assume, I mean, obviously, Purdy, uh, he's his, that's his security blanket. Um, more, there's, there's going to be a receiver that has more than one catch not named Deshante Jones, right? Yeah, I cannot imagine that happening. You know, more more times than that. Um, I, I'd probably go back to Tariq Milton. I, I think they'll try to get speed on the field, and mm-hmm. he was obviously, um, you know, after those first couple games, really able to find the, the gaps and and create some big plays. I think they will um, try to take some shots at times, and he's been the guy that's been able to do it. So uh, after Jones, I would probably go with Milton. Um, just for that sense, but uh, yeah, it, it was, uh, you know, I think Matt Campbell called it fascinating after the game, just kind of how the distribution played out, but um, I think it speaks to maybe, um, you know, Purdy's trust in those guys, mm-hmm. but also um, you know, some of those, those guys that can go make a play, but I, I'd go with Milton. Yeah, and they got some depth, no doubt about it. Dylan, safe travels. We'll talk to you on Monday and recap it, alright? Thank you, Dylan. Yeah, thanks, guys. Take care. Yeah, good to talk to you. Delamont's Ames Tribune, amestrib.com. All right, uh, we are very quickly running out of uh hour here. want to remind you again, kxno.com, click the contest tab, your opportunity to win tickets to see Purdue versus Iowa. All you have to do is predict the total points. Closest without going over in Saturday's game between Penn State and Iowa. If you are the closest without going over, you'll win two tickets to see Purdue versus the Hawks uh, a week from tomorrow. KXNO.com, click the contest tab. We'll be back with the 11 o'clock hour NFL conversation. Alabama Bob Trent and I around college football. Our picks and your picks for Claxon's Barbecue. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 